Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Catch new episodes of The O Show for free, available on all audio platforms, including Apple, Spotify, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. For full video versions of the podcast, head on over to YouTube and StarWorldWideNetworks.com. The O Show is presented by Mayweather Boxing and Fitness. Mayweather Boxing and Fitness is an inclusive, high-intensity fitness experience developed by the champ Floyd Money Mayweather himself. The best group boxing workout in the market, Mayweather Boxing and Fitness. Oh, Jack. Jack O'Hara. Boy, you asked me some interesting questions, my man. It's a great question, Jack. Jack, hey, it's Josh Ryder. Hey there, Jack O'Hara. It's Johnny Damon. Jack, you had questions for me. Jack O'Hara? Absolutely. This message is for Jack O'Hara. O'Hara. Jack, how are you? Hey, Jack. Jack, hey, what's going on, man? How you doing? What's going on, Jack? Uh, listen, man, you know, you, you, you asked me a couple questions. Live and broadcasting around the world, you're listening to The O Show. In the show and uh, doing your thing, I mean, you've got some pretty big name guests. I've seen your, your stuff, so congratulations on your success. Jack O'Hara. Much nicer guy than Conan O'Brien with much better interviewing skills. Don't forget to share this episode on your social media. Now, let's get to it. I am so boned. I forgot to get my girl tickets for the show tomorrow, and now it's sold out. It's her freaking birthday. Oh, dude. She's totally going to break up with you. She's definitely going to break up with me. Should have used TickPick. Wait, what'd you say? TickPick. Look. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. What? There are no hidden fees. What'd you guys think I said? Oh, TickPick. I thought you said tick pick. No hidden fees. Download today. going on everybody welcome back to the o show podcast episode 456 we are presented by mayweather boxing and fitness in scottsdale arizona mayweather boxing and fitness is an inclusive high intensity fitness experience developed by the champ floyd money mayweather himself Go sign up for your membership now at Mayweather Boxing and Fitness in Scottsdale, Arizona. Our guest today actually met Floyd Mayweather, if I'm not mistaken. I did. I did. Mr. I Ken Floyd. Yeah, I got, got to spend some time with Floyd at uh, my buddy's uh, event down in Miami a couple weeks ago. What, I guess about three weeks ago, four weeks ago. Got to hang out with Floyd for a little bit and emceed the event, spoke at the event. And, uh, dude, he was amazing. Floyd was abs- – I have a really good friend of mine that I've been playing basketball hoop head. So I got a really good friend of mine back home in Atlanta who was really close with Floyd for a while and, and played basketball with the whole with dude. Floyd travels deep, bro, like a van, you know, 12 guy. One dude was so tall. I was on the stage and I wasn't even at eye level with the guy and the stage is like two feet tall. I mean, he's the biggest human being outside of Shaq I've ever met in my life. And, uh, but dude, Floyd was, uh, Floyd was super cool, super humble. We had a, well, I was doing the Q&A, and we had a young African-American kid who had a question, and literally he's standing, you know, 10 feet off the stage in front of Floyd, and I'm holding the mic, and he got he got flustered. He, really? For, he literally got starstruck. And I've been in a lot of environments like that, and I know a lot of – I've got a lot of celebrity friends and, and athletes and stuff like, stuff like that, and I've seen people get a laugh out of the crowd at the expense of, like, an individual like that. And, dude, Floyd was so 
he handled that situation with such class. He just looked at me and goes, hey, young fella, it's okay. A calm voice. He goes, I'm, I'm not going anywhere. He goes, collect your thoughts. He goes, and I want to make sure I get, I get to your question before we leave. And dude, I'm telling you, it, it shot my respect level for Floyd, Floyd Mayweather to the next level when he did that at that time with that young kid. It was that, amazing. Is, that is why you can't judge anyone. Like Floyd Mayweather is a character, right? Grant Cardone, as you know, is a character. Brad Lee is a character. All these guys, yes. and people can say if they've never met him before, like, oh, my God, they're pompous, they're arrogant, they're this, they're yeah. that. They only care about themselves. Until you <laughs> truly meet someone for the first time and have a conversation with them and have an experience like that, yeah. like you can't judge anybody. Right, you're right. I tell people all the time, I, I've got enough to worry about between me and Jesus. I don't have time to worry about what's going on in your life. And if you judge me on my worst day, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that well in your eyes. And so I had a really good friend of mine do a, a talk one time. And he said this, he said, he had these two blocks of wood, almost like bookends. And he said, you know, he talked about the gap in the relationship, like this is you and this is them. He says, can, he says, do you choose to believe the best out of the other individual when there's a gap in the relationship? Mm. Or do you choose to believe the worst? And I'm telling you, man, if you live life where you choose to believe the best out of people, dude, it's so much easier. It's so less stressful. It's so, there's there's a peace in living life that way. And other people want to be around those kind oh, of yeah. people. And that's how everybody grows in the end. You know, like yeah. you were talking about right before we, we started this, how you were going to have someone on your podcast and they were like, no, you're a Grant yeah. Cardone licensee. I don't like Grant. I'm not going to do this. Like, well, you just ruined a great opportunity to work with two high class individuals who are yeah. not only great people, but are going to help you grow in the long run mm -hmm. just because of, of, of a petty dislikement for someone that you've never met before. You've just seen them. Yeah. yeah and my whole thing with my whole thing with that individual that time was. And this is what I told him. I said, you're going to take away our opportunity to get together and add value and help people who may not even know who Grant is. Exactly. But anyway, um, to each his own, dude. But I'm excited to be with you, man. I'm I, I with am you. so excited for this conversation. Yeah. I mean, you, you've done so much in, in such, you know, a short amount of time on this planet. You know, like you, you're, you're a pastor, real estate, you know, working with, with Grant Cardone. You were a referee, a, a, a college yeah. umpire as well. Yeah. You know, like yeah. you've done all yeah. of this stuff. Yeah. Uh, did you grow up down south? Well, that's a long story. So born in Detroit, Michigan. Go no way, Blue. really? Um, yeah, born in Detroit. Uh, raised half my life till I was 18 in Michigan. Um, I'm a big Michigan fan. We beat Ohio State's ass two weeks ago, and then we dominated Iowa. Um, though now my now my 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 problem is Michigan, and then the other well, the majority of my life I've lived in Georgia. So I'm a huge Georgia fan. David Pollock is one of my really good friends from College Game Day, and now I got my two favorite teams playing each other in the in the semifinals. I'm rooting for I'm rooting for Michigan. Uh, but if Georgia wins, I'm not going to be like too, you know, I won't be too sad, especially after the way Georgia got punched in the mouth by Alabama last week. That was tough. But yeah, I grew up in Michigan. Parents got divorced when I was eight. Uh, Mom moved us to Georgia second grade uh, from, we stayed there. I stayed there until I was in the sixth grade, from sixth grade to my senior year of high school. I moved back and forth from Georgia with my mom to Michigan with my dad in Pontiac. Mm -hmm. I went to 12 schools in 12 years. And then graduated, yeah, 12 schools in 12 years, graduated high school and went to the Air Force, spent three and a half, almost four years in the Air Force. Oh, my goodness. And moved back to Georgia and been in Georgia 
for the last 30, 30 some odd years, except I've been in Birmingham for the last three. And we do real estate in both cities in Atlanta and in Birmingham, residential commercial real estate with EXP. Oh my good! Again, just there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, Mr. Ken Jocelyn, he's done so much. And, and when did um, Jesus play a big factor early on in your life to, to yeah, the point so where you become 20, a pastor? 25 years old, man. I've never been to church really, really my entire life. Nope, never been to church, maybe a half a dozen times in my life. Uh, one of my neighbors was a, a, a youth pastor at one of the local Baptist churches. And another one of my guys I played softball with every weekend was like, and they, you know, they went to the same church and he was like inviting me. And so August of 20, uh, August of 1993, man, gave my life to Christ, had a, had an unbelievable encounter with God, just really understood the gospel, how much he loved me, the sacrifice he made for me. And it, it was such a, it was such a, was such a, ch- a game changer for me that a lot of people in my sphere of influence, family members, friends, all came to Christ because they saw, I mean, I grew up in Detroit, dude. I, I dropped the F-bomb. Like, I would, I would, and then I was in the military. Somebody's like, I just, I cussed, played basketball, and fought, you know, and, and drank. That's that's yeah. what we did, right? And uh, a couple of weeks after I gave my life to Christ, I remember my pastor said, hey, we're going to, after I got baptized, I want you to come play basketball at my house. And I'm like, I was, I was terrified. I, I was scared. Because I thought, I remember telling my wife at the time, man, if I go play basketball and somebody fouls me, I'm going to cuss them out. I'm going to fight. Like, we're going we're gonna to go down. That's like what we do in Pontiac in Detroit, right? And I remember coming home that day, and she asked me, she goes, how'd it go? And I'm like, man, it went great. Like, I didn't lose my temper. I, I didn't I didn't, I didn't cuss. Matter of fact, I haven't dropped the F-bomb in like two weeks. Like, it was immediately something, you know, when I met, when I met Jesus, but he just he took it out of my life. I didn't have to work on it. It wasn't something I had to process through it was immediately it was immediately taken away that's so. unbelievable man the, the yeah. one thing that uh i wanted to ask you about not as education or not as um knowledgeable on this as brad was but during that interview that you had on dropping bombs talking right. about jesus's real name not being jesus yeah. and it being yeah. yeshua what what kind of yeah. what's the the back the origin of all of that and how do we well, know Brad, today? Brad's brilliant number one. Oh he's my god, it's unbelievable. He's he's as a matter of fact. Look right, look look what I've got sitting right here. Look what I got sitting right here. I, I got my boy's book. There right it is. Here. I just that. ordered mine. Yeah. Look, look at that good looking dude. And I told him the other day. I said it's not. I said I, I did him a pitch. Shameless plug on on Instagram. I said you know it's not it's not fair to have a book this good and be that good looking. Mm-hmm. Um, but I you know Brad and I are close. Um, He's just, you know, he's 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 super inquisitive. He always talks about getting more information. He was talking about, you know, the New Testament in the Hebrew versus the Greek. It's just, it's a little different translation. Um, it's interesting, man. I'm I'm always I'm always of the I'm always of the mindset of, man, as, as long as you're curious, as long as you're curious and you're seeking, um, scripture's clear. You seek, you're gonna find. And you're going to find what you're looking for. So with Brad, it was uh, it was a uh, it was a fun conversation when we did that podcast on dropping bombs. I mean, it's again like he's I, I I'd say he like would consider himself a Christian if he's on his deathbed, right? But like he doesn't yeah, follow it yeah. like you do. Like he he doesn't yeah, yeah. follow Christ per se. But like you right. were able to sit there and have a back and forth conversation. Yeah. You know, take away from what he was saying as opposed to just being like, oh no, you're wrong about this. Like stop talking. You're not knowledgeable about it because he was. Yeah, oh, most definitely. One of the things I say to people all the time when they ask me about my faith is, you know, there's there's a huge difference between Christianity and religion. And religion is organized, man-made. And, and how you can tell the difference is it's really it really focuses on outward expectations or behavior modification, 
where the gospel and in a relationship with Jesus really is about heart change, which then in turns causes behavior change. Like I just told you, I just told you my story. I, I didn't try to work on behavior. It, it was immediately changed. I didn't have to do that. And you know, man, when Christ came in my life, it was, it was, I was a game changer. My first scripture I ever memorized is second Corinthians five seventeen. It says, therefore, if any man's in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And that's what happened, man. When I gave my life to Christ, dude, it was, it was such a transformation. Um, it's funny, segue into the business transformation. When I, when I met Grant in uh, 2019, I was doing about 120 grand a year doing real estate. I was umpiring college baseball, refereeing college basketball. Yeah. But I was bored out of, I was bored to death. I mean, I'm a, I'm a doer. I'm a, you know, planting churches from nothing and growing to several hundred people, starting a mortgage company from nothing to growing it to the number one wholesale broker for Countrywide and SunTrust four years in a row in the mid 2000s. I mean, growing businesses and doing those things, building leaders, that's what I love to do. And I was just at a point in my life where, dude, I was stuck. I was like, I mean, again, I mean, anybody looked at me and they're like, dude, you're working 20 hours a week. You're going to the gym, playing basketball. You've got it made. You're making 150 grand. You've got it made. And I, I was so in a, I was in a, I was in a, I was not in a good spot because I just had, I had no vision for my life. And dude, I go down to go down to Miami. I meet Grant on Instagram. I jump on a webinar. Two days later, I'm on a, I'm on a Zoom mentorship call with 12 or 1300 other people. He's pitching 10X boot camp. I go to Miami three, four days later that Friday. Um, I'm in, I'm in that boot camp. And next thing I know, dude, this is what I told Grant. It was like that that moment was like the businessman on the inside of me got born again. Like I had my born again experience with Jesus. And then I do when I went down there, it was like, this is absolutely amazing. Mm. Like it, it was like, where has this been my entire life? Um, but that's kind of what happened in the business. And from that point, the business trajectory has been, it's been insane. Some of the stuff. So how long seen. was the, uh, the gap between you having a passion for it, kind of losing it, finding Jesus, and then all of a sudden finding Grant and his practices and it being well, rejuvenated I mean, I, again? Yeah. Yeah. I gave my life to Christ when I was 25. So that was a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> that was in 1993. Um, but really when I stepped out of pastoring in 2016, um, September of 2016 till about 2000 and um, I mean, I was doing good on the real estate side. I was doing some coaching and consulting with a friend of mine on the ministry side, doing ministry leaders, helped them start the, the for-profit side of that coaching and consulting company. I was actually on a call with him just a little while ago. Um, he's been a great friend and a coach for me for a long time now. And then really a couple of years, you know, we've been in Birmingham and just kind of, you know, you're in a new city. You're not used to it. You're just trying to figure it out. And dude, I met Grant, man. And I'm, I, it's exactly what I told him the first time I've spoken down at uh, 10X headquarters for him a couple of times to all the licensees, to the team, to the staff, the whole nine yards. And I told him, I said, gee, I said, the only way I can describe it when I came to boot camp that weekend was the businessman on the inside of me got born again. Something, I mean, it was a fire and a passion that was lit on the inside of me. And, Dude, it's been a year and a half, two years. I started GSD, our coaching and consulting business, live events, podcast book. It's just been it's been an unbelievable ride, man. So how how long afterwards did uh, Grow Stack Drive, which is you know uh, you know what you do yeah, now? How long yeah. after that did that kind of formulate, and how many people helped alongside when building? Oh my. Oh my gosh, we uh, we started that in February of 2020, right about, well, literally right before yeah. GrowthCon that Grant did in Vegas, and then about three weeks before COVID hit, we started it. We were going to do it. We were going to do an event in Atlanta, a live event, May the 19th in Atlanta. 
David Pollock, my good my good buddy from ESPN's College Game Day, who's going to be at my Atlanta event in January. David Pollock, um, Richie Dolan from 10X. Uh, I had just a killer lineup coming in, and then COVID hit. And so that that event was going to be called Gross Stat Drive. That was the name of the conference we were doing. And and literally, dude, we had to say pivot because, you know, we've how many times have you heard pivot during COVID? Like a million times. It makes you want to throw up. You hear it so many yeah. times. But literally, we shifted and went. And we were going to launch our online, our courses, our, our Zoom coaching and all that stuff in May. Well, here we are three months later, dude. I launched, on, I launched an online Zoom class course, 12 weeks. I think we had 27 or 28 people paid like 500 bucks the very first time. And we did it. I put it together in a week and a half, two weeks. And we launched it. And then I'm like, oh, hey, we've got something here. And then it was just coaching and teaching business leaders. And we help leaders build confidence, gain clarity, and create community. And it's been an unbelievable ride the last year and a half. How, how quickly do you think it, it took for people to buy into what you were not only saying but selling at the same time? Because the, the biggest thing that I've heard you preach is that obviously what you believe and what you tell yourself is going to dictate your actions, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, number one, I would say this. We, if you've got somebody, there are a lot of coaches out there. My, my One of my best friends, Nate May, worked for John Maxwell forever. Nate and I are super close. Nate says this. He says, there are a lot of people talking, but very few people have something to say. So there are a lot of coaches out there that have never done anything. Like they're coaching you on how to do things they've never done. Like, you know, some of the best coaches in the NBA were decent players, but at least they played basketball. Like they were, you know, they, they they did that. So I would say this, how did we grow? Number one, I've done it. I've built businesses. I've done 250, probably close to 300 million in real estate transactions now. I've coached, consulted for 20 plus years. And dude, it's there's an authenticity in what we do at GSD that I think separates us. And you know, being a pastor, it, there's really that um, that understanding of the power of community. Mm. That people, when they get connected in the community, they understand the power of in relationships and the power in being in a community, the power of accountability, accountability inside a healthy community should always feel like encouragement. So when somebody holds you accountable, it should feel like encouragement. It should feel good. Not like, Oh, get my ass kicked. It should feel like, yes, like this is where I need to be because I know that these guys are going to hold me accountable. Mm-hmm. And what, whether you're succeeding, which obviously you look at as growth, or you're failing, that's another form of growth that that's some exactly people right. might see it that way, but it is. Yep. You know, you're moving forward no matter what. You just got to take away from those experiences and learn from them. So I, I, I completely am in awe of what you were, have been able to do with everything that you've um, done, obviously pairing your personal beliefs as well as your business and getting that community to grow and everybody to buy in is something that is not very easy. And you've been able to do that yeah. within the last 18 to 20 months. Yeah. And you know, you know what, it, what makes it easy is, is dude, there's life change. Like my, my sales guy, I've got one sales guy working with me full time, Jimmy, um, two years ago, year and a half ago, he was in, he would, he wasn't in that first, that first course we started like in February, it was like in March, it was about a week after COVID, like the end of March of 2020. He was in the one that started in the summertime. He was a Verizon sales guy, broken relationship with his first baby's mom, living with his the next girl who he had one baby with, that now they've got two. 
smoking, smoking weed. I mean, just, he was a mess. He was making decent money. He looked like a mess. His, I mean, his whole life was a wreck, bro. And, and literally within six months of him getting, getting connected in GSD, I, I watched his life begin to transform. He became the number one Verizon salesman in the state of New York. Like, so many weeks out of the the year in 2020, they, they named him the number one Verizon salesman in the state of New York for that franchise that owned all those Verizon stores. His, his life's been completely transformed. And when you're in a community and you're seeing people's businesses transformed, people's personal lives transformed, and people's finances transformed, you want to be a part of that. It's like it's like if you if you wanted to go work out and you I don't know if you see my transformation picture I'm down 75 pounds in that same year and a half to two years that's been another thing for me is I got that that under control as well and as that's grown if you put the chart of my health journey alongside my business journey it's going to look very similar yeah because of the discipline it takes to do both but when you when you're in a community dude and you're seeing people's those areas of, of people's lives change. Did you want to be a part of that? Because you're like, if I can just get in the room with these guys and be in a community with these guys, dude, it's going to affect my life. How how quickly or how often do you guys meet? Because obviously you, you started with Grant in 2019. Yeah. Now you got your own groups. How often do you guys meet when it comes to not only just helping them grow their business, but helping their mentals out, which is probably the most. Yeah, so we do. So we've got three facets. We do a monthly subscription. It's 197 bucks. I do two weekly coaching calls, Monday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern, and then Wednesday night. We've got a call tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern. I'll do about – tonight will be about an hour and 20 minutes. I'll teach a little bit. I'll talk a little bit. We're in the uh, – we're doing uh, alignment for the month of, of December. Because, you know, if any of you guys ever been out there and you hit a pothole in your car and your car gets out of alignment, it makes it difficult to steer. And if you don't get it back in alignment, then what happens? It starts wearing the tires out. Then it starts wearing all the steering components out. And then it's just going to cost you more and more and more. And the more it wears out, the harder it is to keep that vehicle going in the right direction. Same thing with your business. Same thing with your personal life. Listen, every one of us hit potholes in life because life, life is hard. Like there are moments when life can be difficult. But what happens is when you realize that your life's out of alignment, you've got to get it back in alignment. And there are some things, just like when you send your car in the shop and they hook it up to the machine, it's all numbers life's the same way. What do the numbers look like in your life? And so we'll talk last, last week we talked KPIs tonight. We're going to talk core values. Wow. Like I, what I, are my I, core, core values in my life? I kind of want to unpack, obviously like the main focuses that you guys have, because obviously you're going in order. You're, you're taking it one thing at a time, which I think is probably very, very important when it comes to aligning your thoughts as well as your actions to go back on, you know, what you believe is what's going to dictate your actions. But you got like those five main focus groups of, you know, having mm -hmm. passion, being focused, intentionality. Um, obviously, um, uh, you want to uh, be flexible. And then obviously the fifth one was was a teachability. It's the teachability, five? yeah. Yeah, we have five. So passion is how we attack our goals. Focus is how we dominate our calendar. Um, intentionality is how we communicate with our team and our clients. Teachability, we're not only open to feedback, but we actively pursue feedback. Yeah. Like who in your life, who are you learning from? Like, I don't care what you do. You listen to this podcast today. I don't care if you dig ditches, teach school, or you're a, or you're a day trader. Who are the best three to five people in the world at what you do? And then go build a relationship with those people. And then the last one's flexibility. We live in a fluid world. You better be open to and embrace change. Yeah. We're constantly looking at how can we change? What can we change? How can we? Nobody in our organization, whether it be in GSD or on my real estate teams, 
nobody sits still for long. We just don't, we don't allow it. Mm. I mean, that, that, that always goes back to what you were saying when we first jumped on this call about, you know, someone just having an ill will against someone and just being like, mm. I, I'm not going to work with them. It's like mm -hmm. you literally just, again, screwed yourself out of an opportunity. And right. at the same time, it just shows that you're willing to cut yourself off and you don't right. even realize it. Right. Yeah, it, just, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And, and when somebody does that, I can tell I can tell immediately that they're not in the right circles. Yeah. They're, they're not in the right circles. Because if they were, they the people that they had a relationship with, either they do that, they do that, or the people that they are that they need to hang out with obviously would not do that. I mean, it, I think relationships obviously are the key to success in today's world. How, you know, dating back to all the way when you first started to where it is now, do you think that was always the same key factor, or do you think that's changed over time? Always. It's always relationships. Yeah. Uh, from everything that I've ever done, when I first started refereeing basketball, I mean high school, the first court I ever stepped on to, and I've been doing some park and rec stuff. This is how, you know, I'm now I'm doing like JV and varsity boys and girls basketball in around Atlanta. It's, the talent's good. And I step on the floor. My first clinician was Sally Bell. She's worked 13 or 14 women's national championships. She was a, she was a, she worked the Olympics in Atlanta in 96. She was a division one, seven division one conference conferences. She was the coordinator for women's officials. I mean, she's the, she is probably the number one woman official in the history of the world. And she, the first time I stepped on the floor, she was my clinician and she mentored me for years. So, I mean, when you go from that to youth ministry, I'm mentored by the best of the best around the world, putting me on stages and in, in, in front of audiences like with John Maxwell. It's phenomenal, phenomenal people. I couldn't, I, there's no way I would have been where I'm at now. You talked about college baseball earlier. One of my friends has been in the big leagues now for, Marvin's been a big league umpire for 24 years. One of my other really, really good friends who stays with me when he comes to Birmingham, he's a division one umpire. Works in the SEC, works in the ACC. He worked about four or 500 big league games all the way up into AAA. Um, you, if you want to be successful, I write it in my, well, now it's not written in my journal. Now it's actually printed in my new journal. Get in rooms with people who think bigger than you do. You've, when you get around people like a Grant Cardone, like a Brad Lee, like a Sharon Lecter we talked about earlier, I've got some phenomenal mentors, man. And there's no way in the world I would be where I'm at today had it not been for those relationships paving the way for me. It's always, always, always about relationships. What do you think is the biggest piece of advice that you value over all the other great pieces of advice that you've gotten from either your biggest mentor or one of your mentors along the way? Um, people ask me all the time. They say, why does Grant give you, why are you on Grant's Instagram lives? Why does he let you speak? Why do you, because I do exactly what he tells me to do. Yeah. If he tells me to do something, like when I met him in October of 2019, I made about 110 grand, 112,000. I made $129,000 the last seven weeks of the year. That's how my businesses blew up. I took all that money and invested it and started GSD. 25 grand for my grant card on licensee. And then I just invested in my business. And then every time we make money, what I, I invest it right back in the business. We make money, I invest it right back in the business. I literally, this morning, dude, I had to send, I had to sign a contract for John Maxwell, who's speaking in January at my event in Atlanta, or create conference, the number one entrepreneur conference in the Southeast. 
Dude, I had to sign a contract, and whoo, that bad boy's got zeros and commas in it. Like, it, it was like a, hmm. And I've got a guy in my community, he, he'll do $91 million this year across his businesses. He called me about two days ago, and he calls me Kenny. He goes, Kenny? He goes, man, you went up to the next level getting John Maxwell. And I said, yeah, I said, but whoo. Well, there's nights I wake up in the middle of the night going, man, can I pull this off? Right. And he, to- and he told me, he goes, listen, <clears throat> he said, you'll never grow without those, without those type of nights or without those type of feelings. Like you've got to put yourself in uncomfortable situations because that's where growth happens. Yep. Well, it goes back to, you know, saying failure is growth in disguise, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, you can't have a why if there's no, I don't want to call it trauma, no. but like rough experiences that sting a little bit, right? Yep. No, you're a thousand percent. Whether they be small or big. And, and another thing I wanted to touch on, you know, when you joined Grant and you talked about it before, it was like those incremental uh, decisions over mon- monumental ones, right? Mm-hmm. Like you showed mm-hmm. up every day. You took it one day at yeah. a time. You know, it's about yeah. the little things that ultimately build up the big thing as opposed to just going yeah. after the big thing when you aren't ready for it. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's actually it's actually a watermark in my planner. It's incremental, not monumental, right there. And I and I talk about it. I talk about it all the time. Small daily discipline decisions over time always equal monumental results. Success cannot escape you if you do the right things every single day. It can't. It's like it's just in my health journey, my weight loss journey. Like I just didn't wake up and go, oh. I'm going to lose 66 pounds. That was my first goal. Now it's 86 and I'm almost there. Then it's going to be 106 and I'm going to stop there. Mm-hmm. But when I but when I first did it and I set that goal for 66 pounds, I didn't wake up in two weeks and it was gone. Yeah. It was every single day. People say, what is, the, what is the secret to growing the way that you've grown over the last 18 months, to losing the weight, to doing all the stuff that you're doing? Two things. Number one is relation, relationships. Number two is incremental, not monumental. Small, daily disciplined decisions when you don't feel like it get your ass out of bed and go to the, i talk to myself i literally will talk to myself something it doesn't happen often but once a week i'm like oh man this bed feels good and i'll lay there last week i shut the alarm off and i'm like ah, i'm gonna sleep in for a little bit i shut the alarm off i rolled over dude i'm comfy i'm hugging the pit it's so warm and i i'm like Get your ass out of bed. That's literally what I'm telling myself. And dude, I shot right out of the bed. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I can't do this. And literally, sometimes you have to have a conversation with yourself. Oh my, it's so much easier said than done. Even this morning, I'm like, I, I yes. don't want to get out of bed this morning. It, it feels so great. Like, why would I why would I even want to do that? Like yeah. 99% of you literally does not want to do it. And you have to pull yourself yeah. up that 1% to That's pull right. yourself up out of bed and again like if you're trying to hit a goal like you were a week in you're feeling good and then all of a sudden like you're a little bit more confident and you feel like i could take a break i could take a day or two off but you can't dude life happens dude life happens it's seasonal life happens and i say this all the time if you need an alarm clock to get out of bed your goals aren't big enough yep if you need an alarm clock to get out of bed your goals aren't big enough like you should have goals that are big enough that they drive you out of bed every single day like you're excited to get up and get going because of what you've got going on in your life. How many people, I'm curious, that join your groups or people that you've interacted with, people who have come up to you after speaking engagements and have come to you for advice, say like, okay, my why isn't strong enough. I'm not mm-hmm. uh, reaching my goals. I feel like I should be there. Like almost a little bit of cockiness to them. And at the same time, they're not necessarily putting their values in order. They're not 
in tune with their faith per se. Let's say they're not a Christian and they can't yeah. really relate to you in that sense. What do you tell those yeah. people? Well, a lot, a lot of people, what happens is I just, I just got back from New Hampshire. I did a two day whiteboard session um, for a client there. Uh, big, he deals with high net worth individuals on the insurance side. And he's really starting what I think, what we think can be a, uh, can be a trendsetter in the insurance industry. And I was here for two days. And one of the first things I do is we break down personal, professional, and financial goals. Yeah. Ken, why do you do that with people? Because most of the time, left to our own demise, we're not going to set goals big enough. We're going to set goals that we can actually accomplish. When I set that 66-pound goal that to lose weight, 66-pound goal, I looked at that and I'm like, dude, that's, ins that's an insane goal. Like, that's an insane goal. And I knew, but it, every day it drove me. Every day it drove me. And then as you start seeing the incremental results and you're like, okay, I can do this. And then you gain more momentum and more momentum and more momentum. And the next thing you know, man, dude, you're there. You're at your goal. Mm. I mean, it's such a such a great thing to know, especially if you are blind to the fact like you keep going down that rabbit hole of thinking, I deserve this, I deserve that, I deserve this. And then all of a sudden you're digging yourself a deeper hole and you don't even realize it. Um, that, that's it's, so it's, so tough to get out of. And it's so hard to ask yes. for help because you don't think you need it. Yep. The last Most thing definitely. I want to ask you, because I don't want to take too much of your time. It's a question. It's a question that one of your mentors asked you that I feel like was a very prominent question in doing what you wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So I want you to answer it, and I also want you to explain it. Mm -hmm. So Ken Jocelyn, would you rather be successful or significant? Um, yeah, that question was asked to me by my mentor literally the day after I spoke on the biggest stage I'd ever been on, about 8,800 people, um, right behind John Maxwell and right in front of her. And she asked me that question. She said, Ken, do you want to be significant or do you want to be successful? Because they're two vastly different things. And I was smart enough at 31 years old to say, I want to be significant <laughs> because I knew that was the right answer, right? And she just began to explain that to me. And I've, I literally have tried to live the last 20 years to be a significant leader. And the, here's the difference. Significant leaders help build those around them so that they can win. They're more interested in the team winning and the individuals winning at levels they've never won at before than they are their own personal self. People who chase success use the people on their team or use the people around them so they can get lifted up, so they can win. It's a completely different, it, it is, I mean, it is a completely upside down model, but I, people who start out to be significant will always be successful. People who chase success may or may not find significance in the majority of the time they leave a trail of damage behind them yep. along the way. I mean, it's that tough silver lining of wanting to be so successful so fast. It's like you have to make those significant decisions those build those significant relationships in order to be successful in a healthy way the most healthy way possible in the long run as opposed to getting it all right when you want it yep so i i appreciate you uh being gracious enough to take the time man i i hope that we can do this again someday i'm definitely going to look into mm. some of your groups as well because i i'm honestly fired up about some of the things that you talk about and, and well, everything dude, that you dude, dude jump on tonight out here matter of fact here's what i'll do for you i'll send you a link right now i'll just i'll drop you a link right here dude you can just jump on the call with us tonight 8 p.m eastern time um let's see i've even got a shortcut for it boom look how good dude, i am right there. perfect there it is right there dude Wednesday night it's WNZ Wednesday night Zoom and boom it pops it up. I love I love Apple. Apple's <laughs> the greatest. They're the they're, I, literally they're the greatest, dude.
I mean, talk they, about they being really uh, gracious. So I, I appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, we'll wrap this up. Welcome. Number 456 of the podcast with Mr. Ken Jocelyn. Again, we are presented by these guys right here, Mayweather Boxing and Fitness in Scottsdale. Get your membership now. Zach, hit the lights, man. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.